everyone. Welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Tuesday, October 10th, 2017. And my name is Thomas Bendit. As always, you can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. But it is official. We are kicking off our 2016-17 preview coverage. And we have one of the more interesting teams. I would say certainly top 14 in the Big Ten in terms of interest. Uh, no, just just kidding, obviously. But um, we will be looking at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights today in depth, in detail. We will get into just about everything that you can uh, think about it, as far as the Scarlet Knights go for this upcoming season. And it should be should be fascinating season uh, for the the Scarlet Knights coming off an improved season under head coach Steve Peekle. And the team will obviously be looking to take the next step here in the Big Ten. You know, um, we'll get into this here. Uh, We're going to have Dave White from On the Banks. He's our sort of Rutgers analyst here, so to speak, that we we bring in for these these podcasts. But, um, you know, obviously things haven't gone the best in the Big Ten over the last couple of years. And – um, fans are certainly hoping that this year can be a little bit different and that the team can finally make uh, that next step. But um, with no further ado, we do have Dave here. Um, lo- oh, looks like it just, just cut out, unfortunately. Um, so hopefully he'll be back in here in a, in a second or two. But yeah, a- as I was saying, though, you know, Rutgers joined the Big Ten a couple years back. Um, they unfortunately had Eddie Jordan as their head coach. Things didn't go that well, but it, it does look like this could be a, a new tenure for the program. But looks like Dave has finally made it in. Dave, how's it going? Good, good. For some reason, my landline was not dialing your number. I was just getting a, a blank uh, sound, so I had to call for myself. <laughs> not a, a problem. Not a, Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, not a problem. Um, how's everything going? And uh, excited for the, the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, uh, things are going well. I'm excited to, to see what what uh, basketball has to, to offer this year. I, I think um, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think it's going to be a fun season, and I thought last year was a fun season. So hopefully uh, they'll make a little step ahead in the record area, especially in Big Ten play, nothing huge. But um, it would be nice to go from, like, three wins to five. But uh, I think they have a chance to do that if everything kind of clicks. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think, yeah, I, I think this is a, certainly a season where there's a lot on the table um, that the program can sort of uh, take a next step. But, you know, as I know this is, I, I think, our third year doing this here on, on the podcast, <laughs> um, which is exciting. But as I'm, I'm sure you recall, I always like to start these previews with sort of a look in the rearview mirror. You know, where are we coming from? Where, where's the program sitting? Um so what were your thoughts on last year? You know, obviously not the best season, but an improved one for the program. Um, what, what's your take on last season and what's your take of sort of where the program is uh, as we enter this season? It's so funny. I mean, the first two years in the big 10 under Eddie Jordan were just, they were not good. Um, the team looked unprepared and, you know, they played really bad defense. So I think last year was kind of like a baseline. They played tough defense. They were in games they were uh, most nights. They were a tough out. Yeah, they only won. Well, I guess they ended up winning four Big Ten games, including the tournament game. But mm-hmm. that was, I think, attributed to talent. So 
I think this is the kind of year where, you know, Steve Peichel's pretty much he's, his key players aren't guys he recruited, but a lot of the other guys, it's his team. I think there's only like four players left, five players left that he didn't recruit. He's got a full roster this year. You're, you, I think they're going to be more athletic, so they're going to be able to do some different things on defense. Um, so I think looking back, I think last year was kind of like the baseline, like writing the ship. And I think this year, it's, it's funny to say, but I think this year you just want to get to the point where you're just, I, I hate to say bad, but uh, one <laughs> of those lower rung Big Ten teams. You don't want to be a record bad team where you're only winning two or three conference games. You want to be in every game and, you know, you want to get to where Penn state and Nebraska and those teams are where they're winning four, five, six big 10 games. You know, you're not going to go from seven wins to the NCAA tournament in two years, but I think you want to get to that point where you're a team again, you know, you're, you're respectable. You're not an embarrassment, which I don't think they were an embarrassment last year, but you know, make that next step forward where they're not, oh, same old Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think the the progress last year is is pretty much undeniable. I mean, let's just start with, uh, this is Eddie Jordan's tenure um, with the Scarlet Knights, three seasons. First season, 12 and 21. They're 170th on Ken Palm. Second season, 10 and 22, 198th on Ken Palm. And then his last season, which is... um, Apologize for pointing this out to Rutgers fans, but probably the worst uh, Big Ten team I've ever seen. Um, they are seven and twenty-five, two hundred and seventy-ninth on Ken Palm. So just horrible. Yeah. Um, but last season, uh, Steve Pickle gets them fifteen and eighteen. They're three and five in the Big Ten. As you noted, they won that Big Ten tournament game against Ohio State, so they did have four wins against Big Ten competition, and they're one hundred and thirty-fifth on Ken Palm, which does not sound great, but from 279th, that's a pretty substantial <laughs> improvement in one year. Um, unfortunately, the challenging part is, you know, as you sort of climb up the ladder, you know, the air gets a little bit thinner, gets a little more difficult. Um, you know, a lot of programs have seen this where, you know, getting to that competent level is one step, you know, improving to the okay level, the solid level, and then the great level. That's that's where it gets really hard, and, and we're going to see this year sort of, uh, how far he can take it. You know, I, I think I said on last year's podcast, I expected in, in year one, um, Rutgers was going to lose, but the games would be more competitive, which I think held true. Um, you know, yeah. they pushed a lot of teams to the brink. Um, I, I believe that Wisconsin one is coming to mind. Uh, they pushed yeah, they it to overtime. overtime. Yeah. yeah um, obviously they took down Ohio state. And I, I think this year, the only thing that's a, a little bit of a challenge, which I, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself here uh, in the, our preview, but um, the Big Ten, I think, could be a little bit better. So maybe a little that'll be offset. But I think this year you're looking for, you know, instead of losing close, maybe a couple of those will be wins. Um, and, I, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, Pico's recruiting well. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I, I think this is clearly heading in the right direction. And the only question is, you know, how long, um, and, uh, you know, how quick is this, is this sort of going to happen? But, um, so let's, let's take our, uh, you know, our viewpointer back, uh, out of last year and sort of towards this season. So, um, there are some off season, uh, exits here for the Scarlet Knights, you know, certainly up front, they're losing, um, Gettys, uh, in the backcourt, they're losing some guys due to transfer. 
Um, mm-hmm. what, what should fans make of, you know, how's this team going to look different, at least in terms of departures? Um, is there anything that worries you? Um, or do you think these are, will be able, uh, Rutgers will be able to overcome these? I think it's, it's tough to say. Um, I don't think losing Jonathan Laurent is, is going to affect them much. Um, losing CJ Gettys, who really stabilized that front line as a fifth year senior last year and losing Nigel Johnson, who, you know, had his ups and downs and, 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 you know, Rutgers fans liked him when he was good. And when he wasn't, they, you know, they were pushing him out the door, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going from a junior, a red shirt junior and a red shirt freshman or a fifth year senior, sorry, uh, to, to, you know, higher rated recruits, but, but young guys. Um, so I think there could be a drop off there, but you have Mike Williams, who's just such an underrated good player um, mm-hmm. as a senior. You have Corey Sanders coming into his junior year where he knows he has to make the big leap. Deshaun Freeman is a, a senior now. So there's some, some veteran leadership. The best players on this are juniors and seniors. And I think Mamadou Decor, who's a four-star freshman they brought in, has potential to start. Um, Geo Baker is, by all accounts, was wildly underrated on the um, recruiting trail. So he's going to play. If they can shoot better, if um, Issa Chom can make some threes and Geo Baker can make some threes, they're going to be better. But losing, I just don't – you never know what it is to lose – veterans and, and how easily replaceable they are. So there, there's a challenge there, but um, there's also potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you start off with, uh, you know, I, I know we can get into sort of debating, you know, who's the best player, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think Corey Sanders is the team's best player. He's the most valuable. Um, if if yeah. Rutgers is going to make some noise, it's going to have to be through him. And I think yeah. he's back. So, I mean, that's, that's a big starter right there. Um, I think everybody else, which I, I don't want to minimize what they did, but I think everybody else to a certain extent is replaceable. I think Sanders is the one exception where I, I don't know if Rutgers in the next year or two can find another Sanders, so to speak. So I think that is a huge, huge return. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, you're still bringing back Williams. You're still bringing back Theum. You're still bringing back uh, or Freeman, excuse me. Uh, that's, those are the big guys. And I, I think as, as far as guys like Gettys go or Nigel Johnson, um, if Peekle is going to be the coach to really build this program from the inside out, which I think he has shown he can do so far, these are guys you just got to be able to replace. I mean, just, you got to figure it out um, <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which maybe is a simplistic uh, approach, but um, you know, Gettys really nice player up front. But, uh, you know, like I was saying, unlike Sanders, I don't think he's a guy where um, he's sort of irreplaceable, that there isn't another guy who can move in. But, um, you know, as you were mentioning, you know, the experienced players, you know, they're not going to make as many mistakes as some of the younger guys. But I, I don't think any of these offseason departures are necessarily uh, damning or, or going to destroy anything here. But I, I certainly yeah. think uh, – oh, go ahead. I know I don't think that they're damning or destroying, and I, I actually think down the road the players that brought in have more potential. I just worry mm-hmm. about last year they never in, 
in their early season schedule, they never had a slip-up. But a team like mm-hmm. this with a couple of really young players playing key roles, they could have a slip-up. And, and that's the sort of thing I think you worry about. But I think long-term, uh, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I totally agree. And I, I think that's the, the thing fans need to remember. You know, you're going to need some new depth in the backcourt and you're going to need a new starting center. And really, that's that's yeah. kind of how you have to go into this season. But, of course... On the flip side, you know, there's some guys going out, but there are some new faces. Um, Rutgers is bringing in a, a relatively intriguing group of, of newcomers. Um, Dave, any thoughts on these guys? Any thoughts of uh, what they can do this year for the Scarlet Knights? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about Geo Baker. Um, he's a guard. He's a 6'4", 6'5", guard out of um, New Hampshire, who I think was wildly uh, uh, underrated. He's supposed to be a, a sh- great shooter. And he might be able to play the point, which will help. Um, they want to put Corey off the ball a little bit to give him different mm-hmm. ways to score. And if he can keep them honest, if Geo Baker can keep them honest um, from the three-point line, it's going to open up so much more for Corey because this team could not shoot last year. So I think Geo is really excited. For Rutgers fans who are listening, Geo Baker's build reminds me of his length of his arms and his build reminds me of um, – Early freshman Quincy Doobie, he has that look. I don't, I can't say he's going to be as good, but he, he does look like him. Um, I'm excited about Mamadou Ducour, who's a, a four-star center who reclassified. Uh, he was supposed to be in in 2018, but he reclassified to 2017, and he's got a ton of potential to be. You know, to start off, he's very athletic and can be a defender and a rebounder. I think the scoring will come. Uh, Miles Johnson is a big man who um, he's going to take some time to kind of fill into his body. But uh, I was at the uh, Steve Peichel radio show last week, and Peichel said yeah. that uh, Miles Johnson might be the best um, close to the basket scorer they have. He's got the best hands. And then there's a Juco point guard, Suf Mensa, who's uh, I think he's going to really help on perimeter defense. Uh, he's kind of built like a, uh, a cornerback. Um, I don't know how good of an offensive player he is, but he can certainly dish, um, which will help too. Um, so they're going to really space it out and try and open up some of the shooters um, that way. So I think there's potential with these four guys who are coming in. And then they landed Peter Kiss, who's a sit-out transfer um, mm-hmm. from Quinnipiac, who, who could score, and that will help in practice. Those are the guys they brought in, unless I'm missing somebody, but I don't think I am. <laughs> and Because uh, <laughs> there's so yeah. much turnover every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the first thing to note here as far as the recruiting class goes is, uh, you know, last year for Rutgers fans who might have been a little disappointed with, with some, how some of the young guys performed, um, that that was largely a class that Pico put together very quickly um, and just yeah. tried to, to find bodies. Uh, I don't think that that is the case this year. I think this class has some intriguing guys. Uh, you mentioned Baker. I think Baker's a really intriguing player. And the nice thing is that with what Rutgers has coming back, you know, you obviously with Corey Sanders, there's not going to be a ton of emphasis on him. You know, he can sort of work into his role. You know, they have Williams back. Um, I, so I, I think that's a good spot for him to be in. And, you know, if he can take some of those minutes that uh, Nigel Johnson took, I think that's huge for the Scarlet Knights. And really all he has to do is if he can get 15 to 20 minutes a game and be productive, I think that is a huge plus for this team. I think that's really going to help um, and sort of just, just grow from there. So I, I, to me, he's the, the big guy to watch, but yeah, I mean, 
Pico has added some bodies up front as well, which I, I think uh, um, I'm, I'm not necessarily wowed by anyone in particular um, of that group, but I think, you know, it's one of these with, uh, you know, bringing in this many guys, I, I think you hope uh, one of them hits, one of them can slide in there and, and play with Dorson and take some of those minutes that Getty's played last year. Um, it, so, I mean, that it'll be interesting to watch. There's a, there's a few bodies there, but I, I, the one thing I would say, which I know you mentioned earlier is I think this team's a lot more athletic. I think this is a big upgrade in athleticism overall. And I, I think the depth is going to improve substantially this season, um, which we'll continue to get to as we move forward. Um, but I, I think that's the big thing is I feel like Rutgers this season is actually going to have a big 10 roster um, which hopefully yeah. is, does not sound insulting, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I think this is a big step in the right direction. And um, I think Baker's the guy to watch, but I, I think there's going to be a bunch of bodies up front where Pico can sort of throw them in there and, and see who is, uh, is ready to roll. But um, with that, yeah, let's... I, just to jump in, oh, cause you talked about yeah. filling bodies. I think two guys to watch out for are um, these sophomores, um, Issa Cham and Eugene Omer Ruyi. Um, I think you're going to be really key players. Um, Chom got sick last year. He was the best shooter on the floor to start uh, for the team, and he got sick, and he never was really able to get it. Um, and Omari, I thought he found himself on the right, uh, in the right place at the right time and just was a step slow. He was thinking too much. And reports out of practice on him is he's taken the biggest leap forward out of anybody. So I think – you're right. I think it's a Big Ten roster, and I think you're going to see some development this year that um, you may not – people who don't follow Rutgers, you may not expect to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's continue on. Um, let, let's talk about I, – I always like to pose this. It's sort of, um, you know, what are what are some of the big, biggest strengths of this team coming into the season? What are some of the biggest weaknesses? You know, what has you sort of optimistic about the season? And, and on the other hand, what has you concerned? Um, so how how would you respond to that? Um, well, I'll start with the concern. I think the concern is um, still going to be the shooting, um, the long, the deep range shooting. Um, there's some potential, but you never know until you see it on the court. So um, hang on one second. My son is calling me. Nope. What then? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Watch oh more. yeah. But, I'll, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll jump in here uh, while you're while you're with your son. Um, yeah, so I, I think the shoot I think the shooting is a uh, very legitimate concern, and I I honestly yeah. not to uh, sound too critical here, but I I think a big part of it is it's it's going to be really hard to override because Corey Sanders is is going to be the biggest part of this offense. He was last year mm-hmm. by a, a pretty substantial margin, and Sanders just isn't an elite shooter. Um, he has a lot of great yeah. skills. That's that's just not his strong suit. So I, I think really you need guys to surround him to really have a shot at being a, a quality shooting team. So I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, I, but um, yeah, so that's where I'm pessimistic. I think there's potential, but until you see it on the court, you're never going to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think optimistically, I thought last year they were a very good defensive team at times. And I think yeah. this year there's a chance to take a step forward to maybe even be an elite defensive team. Um, because there's more depth, so they're not going to get worn down there. Um, and we talked about there's more athleticism, so they might be quicker to the ball. 
so I think the defense and the rebounding, um, defensive rebounding, because I know they're a very good offensive rebounding team last year, uh, mm-hmm. defensively rebounding, I think they have a shot to be just top half of the Big Ten easily. Um, and I think that's kind of where you're going to hang your hat. You might, you might, they might be one of those real old school Big Ten style teams <laughs> where you're watching a uh, 52-48 battle, you know, um, mm-hmm. night in and night out. But I, I, I don't know that Peichel's going to want to slow it down. I think he's got to run to score and get easy baskets. But um, he will if he has to because I, I really think this team is, has potential to be uh, excellent defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you as far as uh, on the concerns. You know, I talked a little bit about some of the shooting issues, which I don't necessarily think will resolve just by nature of who you have in the lineup, so to speak. I, I think the other concern is obviously uh, with Gettys. You know, there's there's a big question mark there. I, I think there's enough bodies that you would think someone's going to be a functional backup there, but. Uh, you know, they have Dorson, but other than that, uh, it's going to a question mark. So I think that's a concern. Um, on the optimistic side, I agree. I, I think the defense was a real strength last year. You know, certainly the stats bore that out. And moreover, I mean, if you look at Peekle's, uh just career track, he's a really good defensive coach. He builds good, consistent yeah. defenses. He had a, a, a top 50 defense, at least in one year, maybe a couple um, at Stony Brook, mm-hmm. which which I think is very telling, you know, uh, defense a lot of times uh, has a lot to do with athleticism, has a lot to do with raw talent. So the fact that he can got that out of Stony Brook, I think is speaks volumes. And I anticipate Rutgers is going to stay on that same trajectory. The question will be, of course, how much does the offense sort of catch up to the defense? I'm not totally sure. Um, it's going to be determined by, you know, as you said, can they get easy buckets in transition? Can some of this depth and athleticism provide a boost? Uh, I, I would think so. I, I just the question is, you know, Rutgers with 231st on Kempom offense last year, they're going to need to be certainly higher than that if if they're looking to compete in the Big Ten. But I think it improves. I'm I'm just not sure uh, how far. But so yeah, I, I would say those are some of the uh, the strengths and weaknesses. Um, Moving on to our, our next area here, I always like to talk about, you know, who's who's the top player coming in. I think this one is, is pretty obvious. So uh, <laughs> the better question is, um, can anyone push Corey Sanders for that, that top spot for Rutgers? Uh, I think Deshaun Freeman can. I think he got – he was fully healthy last year and got his real first taste of Big Ten basketball. And, you know, towards the end of the season, he kind of figured it out a little more. He, he showed a little more range. Um, he hit that three against Illinois to kind of break their hearts at the end of the year. And he's a senior. I think his head is on straight, you know, as a senior. I always love seniors. I think Corey's the best player on the team. Um, I think Corey, if he plays within himself and plays like a point guard, could turn Deshaun Freeman into the best offensive scorer on the team, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I think it all depends on Corey, but I think – Corey drawing um, defenders to him as he gets in the lane could could turn Deshaun Freeman into the top scorer on the team. Um, so I think that's that's where it is. It, it depends upon how much Corey distributes and how how much they have to defend him. Whether somebody else can be the best scorer. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have I have basically the same exact opinion. I, I think Corey Sanders is number one by a pretty significant margin. 
I, I think Freeman will obviously be the biggest challenge, quote unquote, uh, for this category. But I, I would be shocked if anyone passes Sanders. I, I think he has the highest ceiling on the team. I, I think the big part of his game is just um, if he can just improve that shooting a little bit or improve his ability uh, to be more consistent inside, um, just that shooting, just elevate it just a little yeah. bit, his efficiency, I think that would go a long way. But on the, on the same token, though, you know what I mean? If you don't have a ton of offensive playmakers around you, you're going to have to just take some shots. Uh, so yeah. maybe if, if the rest of the lineup can take a little bit of a step forward, maybe that will help, certainly. So uh, I think that'll be interesting to watch, but I agree. I think it's Sanders, Freeman, and then uh, the cast of characters underneath them. But, um, <laughs> but, but moving into uh, you know, the, the season itself, so to speak, um, Rutgers is set for a, a pretty interesting schedule this year. They get Florida State. Um, in big or excuse me in the Big Ten ACC challenge that will certainly be a, a huge matchup they get a few um, local games you know they get Seton Hall um, they get NJIT uh, Stony Brook uh, you know obviously Pico's former uh, school so some interesting games here um, what what do you make of the non-conference slate this year they're home a lot <laughs> they play 22 <laughs> home games this year Listen, it's year two of a complete rebuild. It's not the, you know, the most marquee schedule. Um, they're not taking on all comers. I think it's clear that Steve and company are trying to get over 500 for the first time at Rutgers. You know, um, not over 500 in conference, but just total record over 500 for the first time in 10 years or 11 years. Um, so, yeah, they scheduled down a little bit. But Stony Brook is always a challenge. Seton Hall is going to be a top 25 team. Florida State is going to be a top 25 team. And, you know, with that conference record, they'll have a, a top 50 schedule when all is said and done. You never know who shows up to um, kind of uh, which of these teams that you always think are going to be down, which of them step up to in their conference and, and win the tournament, their tournaments. It's 22 home games. It's, it's fun for the fans to see the team and watch the team grow. Um, would I like – you know, a couple of A-10 teams besides Fordham, sure, you know, but uh, would I like to see them play Princeton again? Yeah, but this is a team that, like we said, went 7-25 and two years ago. You got to start somewhere, and you got to give these players confidence. So uh, I think um, I think it's it's the schedule, the right schedule for where they are in the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think you have some marquee games there that are going to get some interest, as I mentioned, you know, uh, the Seton Hall game, the Florida State game. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of home games. But, you know, I, I think this is a smart decision uh, by Pico. I think, you know, last year is a perfect example. I thought they had a, a pretty soft non-conference schedule. I, I don't think anyone would dispute that. They faced two top 150 Ken Palm teams in non-con. Um, that was Miami on the road, and that was Seton Hall on the road. Other than that, it was, uh, pardon my French here, but complete garbage. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think, um, uh, but, you know, it built a lot of energy. It got a lot of excitement around the program. I think it gave the players a lot of confidence entering in Big Ten play. You know, I, that didn't necessarily lead to a ton of wins, but I think it really got some enthusiasm going in the fan base, and I think Rutgers really needs that right now. And I think um, this should continue that sort of uh, um, what do I want to say the the progress of that momentum. Of those efforts. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, 
we can go in here, you know, game by game in Big Ten play. I, I really think most people know what to expect, but Rutgers, they There's do no get. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, the couple notable things I would say is, is Rutgers does get Michigan State twice, who's the preseason favorite. They get Illinois and Nebraska twice, who are on paper a little bit weaker. Um, any, any big thoughts here as far as the Big Ten schedule goes? I mean, it's the Big Ten. It's one of the best conferences in, in the country. And, and Rutgers, what you want to see out of that Big Ten rec, that Big Ten schedule is for Pico to knock off one ranked team. Get that marquee win, especially at home. I think he's got enough talent to do it. He almost beat Wisconsin last year. And if that game was at the rack instead of the garden, he would have. So I, I think that's what you want to see. You don't want to see uh, – um, that's what you're looking forward to. And then beat the guys you have to. You got to shoot for five to six big ten wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I I think the one thing that's a little bit different about this year versus maybe last year is, I think last year I I mean I haven't I didn't look it up beforehand I probably should have but I don't know if Rutgers was favored in more than maybe a game or two in Big Ten play. Um, I I just I I can't imagine they were favored in more than two certainly, and this year I mean. You get those two games against Illinois, which I like Brad Underwood uh, coaching the Illini. I think he's a great hire, but they just they don't have a ton on that roster. Um, Ohio State, you get them twice. They're in a similar situation. There just isn't a ton there. Um, and as well, I would note, I don't think uh, Columbus is a super intimidating road environment, so that's a chance to get a road win. Um, and then Nebraska. Nebraska, I think, is going to be one of the weaker teams in the league. Um, and you get them twice. So, I mean, those are six games where Rutgers is going to have a decent shot at winning. I don't know if they'll be favored yeah. in all six. Probably not, you know, on the road at Illinois or something like that. But I, I think there is a scenario where Rutgers, if they improve some on last year, they could potentially sweep all six or win five of them maybe. Um, it's maybe that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is an optimistic view. But I would say, you know, this year or last year, excuse me, or two years before that, Rutgers has maybe what a twenty percent chance to win some of those games. Right. Uh, this year, I would think they're all going to be between thirty-five and sixty-five percent, which is a very that's a fighting shot going into all those games. So I think that's something to watch um, as far as the schedule goes for this year. But um, but with that, uh, let's move into uh, the starting lineup, sort of the players to watch here. You know, we talked about some of the new players. We talked about some of the guys who left, uh, you know, whether Sanders is the best player or not on the team. Um, how do you see the uh, the starting lineup sorting out this season? Uh, I'm going to shock you. I'm going to go Corey, uh, <laughs> Geo Baker, Corey Sanders, Issa Chom, Mamadou Decor, and Deshaun Freeman. Interesting. Uh, I think – I think that's where I'm going. I think they love Mike Williams' spark off the bench. Um, and I think Shaquille Dorson's three is supposed to be cleared by opening day. But um, you never know. It's a foot injury. So uh, you never know with that. He could, it could be Candido Sa, who's a senior who we haven't mentioned. But they will um, do quarter if they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I could certainly see them trying to go maybe a little bit smaller. Um, I, I certainly think the easy picks are Sanders and Freeman. Uh, those guys will certainly yeah. start. And then it's just about, you know, can Baker sort of push Williams 
um, either out to the three or into a bench role. You know, as you said, you're kind of on the, the bench train, so to speak. Um, I, I think Williams will probably start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, certainly that would be good news if Baker's that ready to play from day one. Um, I, I think Williams will start early on and certainly we'll see, you know, maybe Baker develops. Um, I think uh, the wing's going to be interesting without Laurent, um, whether they, they want to go big um, with uh, Thiam or, uh, you know, maybe uh, Sa throwing him in. Um, that will be interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, Sa wouldn't be on the wing, but if they want to go big or if they want to go small there, because um, Williams can certainly move out if, if required. I think the big yeah. teller will be, you know, how ready is Baker? You know, can they get that 15 to 20 minutes out of him or is he only ready for five to 10? Um, I, I think right. that will be, that will be telling. And then as you mentioned, you know, Dorson, we'll see whether he's hundred percent. If he was hundred percent, I, I would pencil him in. I, I think Peekle is, I, I think Peekle will want to go big this year. It's just my prediction because I, I think you are a tougher team to match up against. Um, in this age where everyone's trying to go small um, versus trying to out shoot and out athlete people, um, certainly at the, at the big 10 level, I think you're better to just grind it out, be physical rebound um, and be a really tough defensive team. So that's, that's my guess on, on where they're going to try to go, but um, we'll see. Uh, but before we get into our, our season predictions, so to speak. Oh, Tom, um, we got to go there because I got to take my son to basketball because I'm hoping he's going to be Rutgers class of 2034. So. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I will, I will make this a two-parter then. One, any, any surprise predictions, bold predictions, and uh, I'll ask for your, your season prediction here before I let you go. My surprise prediction and my bold season prediction are one and the same. I'm going to say Rutgers goes 17 and 14. They finish over 500, and they knock off uh, a top team at home. Uh, I, I don't have the schedule, and I can't say Michigan State. So they'll knock somebody <laughs> off at home, but I'm not sure who. Excellent. Well, well, thanks again, and I appreciate you calling in, Dave. All right. No problem, Tom. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. Um, as a reminder, everyone, that's Dave White. He, he does a lot of stuff for On the Banks, which is SB Nation's Rutgers site. Uh, didn't want to hold him up here and, and prevent his son getting to, to basketball practice. Um, I'm, I'm certainly on a, on a similar train here. I, I think Rutgers is going to rack up a ton of non-conference wins. As he mentioned, a lot of home games, a lot of games against underwhelming competition. Uh, there are some marquee games, as I mentioned, the Florida State game, um, the uh, Seton Hall game. Those are games that Rutgers is going to have to work if, if they want to win them. But with this many home games, with this many teams that are underwhelming on paper, I think Rutgers will certainly be in play for a winning overall record. In Big Ten play, I, they're certainly behind most of the teams. They're going to be a bottom-tier team, in my opinion. But I, I think they're better than Nebraska. Um, maybe I shouldn't have revealed that. Uh, <laughs> save that for the Nebraska uh, podcast. Um, but I, I think they are – I don't think they will finish last this season which will be good news for, for Scarlet Knight fans. They've, they finished last in the Big Ten every year they've been a member. So it would be very encouraging news for the program if they could move out of that, that bottom spot. But I don't think they will finish last. And I think the big question is, like I said, those six games, um, Illinois, the double play against Illinois, the double play against Nebraska, and the double play against Ohio State. 
I think those are the big ones. Can you take care of those games? Can you have a winning record in those games? And moreover, um, I, I think the upset will be important. Oh, well, I should say the potential upset would be important for um, moving forward, you know, building the program. But I think in terms of record, Big Ten tournament seeding, things like that, I think those are the six games to watch. And, you know, some of those other ones where, you know, they get Iowa at home, um, a road trip to Penn State, which certainly isn't a super intimidating road environment. There are chances to steal some wins here and there. And the question is, is can Rutgers, you know, elevate some of those games? I talked about how those six games, you know, the Illinois, Nebraska, and Ohio State series, they're going to be between 35 to 65% win expectancy. I would expect it to be somewhere. I would expect the win expectancy. Uh, always great. But no, I'd expect it to be somewhere between there, which generally speaking is, you know, we'll see. It, it's not a, a coin flip, but they enter with a fighting chance. You know, no longer are they going to go in with a 2% win expectancy or something like that to a lot of these games. And the question is, you know, they finished, as I mentioned, 135th on Ken Palm. Well, if they can move up to 130 or maybe even, or not 130, excuse me, like 125, maybe even into the top 100 this season, which we'll see, you know, I, we don't want to expect insane improvement, you know, with a lot of the same players, but if they can move there, a lot of those percentages, it's going to turn into a coin flip. And when you have five or six coin flip games, you're going to expect to win a couple. So I think that's the big thing to watch. And, you know, how, how do they play at home? You know, Dave mentioned how many home games they have. Well, if you have that many home games, you're going to need to play well at home if you want to build that record. So it should be interesting. But I, I have Rutgers somewhere around 12th or 13th in the league. I'm still sorting out my final standings, but that's what I would guess. And I think it will be in an, another improvement season for the Scarlet Knights, but not quite there yet where fans would like to see. But with that, I'm going to call it a, a night here on the podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Bendit. We had Dave White from On the Banks on. I encourage everyone, you know, just search Dave White on Twitter. Uh, you'll get him uh, popping up real quick. If you're interested in Rutgers coverage, also check out On the Banks if you're interested in that, that kind of material. But with that, um, I'm Thomas Bendit. We'll be back later this week with some more season previews. I know we have Indiana coming up, which should be a fun one, um, and Northwestern as well. So we'll see you next time. Thanks.